order to drive out the spirit. What I want to talk about today, and this will be the title of my message, it's just do it. Look at your neighbor and say, just do it. Just do it. How many of you are Nike fans in the building today? Um, Okay, great, fantastic. How many of you are Adidas fans? Okay, everyone look right now. All the people raise their hands for Adidas. Okay, great. We have an altar call immediately after this. Okay, because Nike is the way to go. Just do it. Just do it. You know, Nike is a big thing in my family. In fact, I've got a 15-year-old. I've got a five-year-old by the name of Genesis, 15-year-old by the name of Brody, and a one-year-old by the name Lainey. They're all three boys. And in fact, in September, we have another one on the way, but it's not a boy, it's a girl. Come on, we didn't end the finale. Let's go. I'm getting a girl. I cannot wait. I'm so stoked. It's going to be amazing. I should probably tell you the name, but I'm not going to because that would be the first time I've ever leaked it, so it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. If you DM me, actually, right now, at Tim Summers 3, I might tell you just to see if you were actually paying attention uh, to this whole intro. Anyways, we're a Nike family, okay? And uh, one day, my five-year-old, Genesis, came up to me and said, Dad, I want to get the check. And I said, what you mean, boy? I don't, I don't pay you to do all these chores. What you mean? Do you want the check? He's like, yeah, I want to get the check. I'm like, I, what, what are you talking about? He's like, you know, and he started, you know, kind of like riding it on his foot. And he was doing this whole motion right here. He's like, I want the check. I said, oh, you want the swoop? You want the Nike? Oh, okay, you want some Nike shoes. He said, yeah, I want some Nike shoes. I said, okay, you know what? Let's go. Starting to get that age where like he actually wears shoes for a longer time. You know, you really don't buy shoes uh, for kids, you know, zero to four because they they literally last in there for three months and that's it. And so it's, it's a waste of money, okay? So at this time, we're like, you know what? Let's go get some shoes. He gets in the car. Now, here's what you have to understand about Genesis is the amount of energy that I have in a six foot six body, just take all that energy and put it in a two foot body. That is Genesis, okay? He is an artist, right? He is the next Bob Ross. He loves to draw. Um, The amount of construction paper could literally go from the floor to the ceiling of what he's drawn in the last five years of his life. He loves it, okay? Now, you have to know this because when he gets into the car, he gets into the back seat, gets into the car seat, and I start driving. Well, he's directly behind me. He said, Dad, we're five minutes into driving. We're heading over to the Nike store. And he said, Dad, I want to show you something. I said, well, son, I'm driving. Like, what do you, okay, what do you want to show me? He's like, well, I drew you a picture, and I want you to look at it. I'm like, well, cool. We'll do it at the, when we get to the store. And um, uh, he's like, no, I want you to look now. I'm like, son, I'm driving, we'll die. If I look back for even half a second, who knows what's gonna happen. You have got to wait until we get to the store. He's like, daddy, please just look at my picture. I'm like, okay, all right, I'll do it. Now he's the sweetest person you will ever meet, okay? And so he pretty much gets whatever he wants. I don't even care, okay? It doesn't matter. And so um, I look at my son, I said, all right, I'm getting on a straightaway. I'll look back, make sure you show me everything on this picture so I can get everything. He's like, okay, okay, okay. So I look, I go, I'm like, are you ready? He said, yeah. I said, you got it up? He said, yeah, uh-huh. I said, okay, here we go. Ready? Three, two, one. Okay, you got that? Yeah, you got the house, you got the flowers. Okay, that's all I see. I see the superhero in the world. Oh my goodness! I 
UK were safe, we're all good, everything's fine. I said, I loved it. I saw the superhero, I saw Spider-Man, I saw the web going from the flowers to the building, I saw the house, I saw the windows, I saw it all, it looks amazing, son. He goes, Dad, look at it again. I said, why? He said, you didn't see it all. I'm like, what you mean I didn't see it all? I, I just explained, I saw the flowers, I saw the webs, I saw Spider-Man, I saw the house, I saw the windows. He said, no, that wasn't everything, Dad. I'm like, what did I miss? He's like, you forgot the door. I, I drew a door, Dad. I'm like, you're right, I didn't recognize the door. He's like, Dad, just, just look at it again. I'm like, son, seriously, it is a safety hazard. My whole job is to protect you. I'm going to this whole speech. And I said, I promise you, I will look at it when we get there. Dead serious, this is these exact words at five years of age. He goes, I'll believe it when I see it. You? Where, what, where, where did you, where did you hear that? Where did you come up with it? I'll believe it when I see it. I, I said 30 year olds barely know that phrase. What do you mean? I'll believe it when I see it. He said, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. I said, son, I, 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 I promise you, I will. I started thinking about this story as I was writing this message and thinking, I wonder how many times God might be looking to us and he says those exact same words. I'll believe it when I see it. You know what I mean? Like. When God's like, you should probably forgive that person. You've been kind of holding a grudge for three months. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll for sure do it. Like, I'm kind of over it now. I'm good. I will go forgive them. And he's like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Or maybe it's, you know, you constantly want praying, right? Hoping and wishing that if I could just... If I could just reach this dream, right? Like you're dreaming for these big things. And he's like, okay, then I just need you to make this one move. If you make this one move, then we can continue on with this dream. And you're like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll for sure, for sure do it. And he's like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. What miracle is waiting on you to move? What dream is dead because he's waiting on you to make a move. He's, he's looking and going, I'll believe it when I see it. You've been saying it for three months now. You've been saying it for three weeks now. We've all heard this phrase that delayed obedience is disobedience, right? So even if it's a day after we have started to almost cultivate this pattern of disobedience, in our lives, and I love the scripture because it says, I ask your disciples, this is a father, right? This is a father bringing his sick son to Jesus. And he says, I asked your disciples, I asked your church, I asked your leaders, I asked your groups, whether it's e-groups, connect groups, life groups, I asked, I asked your Christians to drive out the spirit, but they could not. And Jesus says one of the craziest three words I've ever heard him say, to people, he said, you unbelieving generation. And he was talking to the disciples. This really stuck out to me because I've given my entire life 
to a generation, right? This is why I'm a youth pastor. I've been a youth pastor for 12 years, start, about to start my 13th year. And I know what you're thinking. There's no way, there's no way you're that old. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. The bullet's gonna die. But I love youth ministry because of one word, potential. There is nothing better than when a teenager realizes their potential and they start to walk into that potential. And the potential literally comes into fruition. On the same note, and the same scale, but on the opposite side, is it's probably one of the most frustrating things about being a youth pastor, is when a teenager knows their potential and decides to walk away. He looks, Jesus looks at the disciples and says, you unbelieving generation, let me ask you a question. What word would be in front of your generation? It's rhetorical, but I just want you to think about it. Maybe write it down in your journal. What word would be in front of your generation? Maybe it's you passionate generation. Maybe when you begin to look at your generation or look at your school or look at your community, maybe you're like you apathetic generation. Maybe it's you forward thinking generation, you pioneering generation, right? It, it, it could be a lot of things. It could be you, 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 you cynical generation, right? You egotistical generation. I don't know what it might be, but I want you to think about what word do you think Jesus might put in front of your generation? Because he's looking at the disciples and he says, you unbelieving generation. You know, what's interesting about this generation is that um, this is this is something I talk about all the time because especially if I if I travel and preach because um, it's something that not a lot of people know. Okay, it's something that's not really talked about, um, and, and this is real because literally every time I wish I could be able to see your faces. Um, in fact, if you're a youth pastor or a leader in here, I just want you to like get your phone out right now, and I want you to record um, uh, the teenagers' faces. Um, uh, uh, when I say this, okay, this is a real thing. So leaders really do that, really do that. And then, and then honestly, um, teenagers, I want you to record the leaders' faces hearing what I'm about to say, because this is my thing. This is the craziest thing Wait. I have ever seen in my life, and it's true, and it's real. Are you ready for this? Here it goes. Okay, pressure cord, okay? Did you know that teen pregnancy, alcohol consumption, smoking, and that includes vaping, because yes, vaping is smoking. Okay. And high school dropouts. All of those numbers for this generation are at an all-time low for the last four decades. Isn't that the craziest thing? Is that an all-time low in the last 20 years? In the last couple decades, right now, wow. all of those things are at an all-time low. Wait, and we've had more people look at it now than we've ever had in so the history of the world. Isn't that insane? But you know what's crazy? Is we don't hear that picture. This is definitely not an outcome. Right? Like, it, it's almost like sometimes, and I know not this church, I know not this movement, but, but a, a lot of times we can come into church and we can almost feel so much shame, so much guilt. And, and, and for me, I'm like, man... We have got to be able to preach some of the things that will encourage and uplift this next generation. Help them know. Right? The amount of 
times that my youth pastor would preach about these four things in my youth ministry career. Oh my goodness. I'm like, man, we never got it right. But y'all did. Y'all did. Now here's the deal. There's other things. There's other things now. There's identity, right? It's a little fluid right now. We don't really know where we're going with it. It's a little scary, right? Confidence always feels like it has to be preached upon. But I, I say this to say, make sure you get an entire perspective. That's why I made the question rhetorical of what word would you put in front of the generation? Because I just want you to, I want you to think about it. Maybe this is a great question to ask within your group time afterwards or within your, your, your ministry afterwards to just look and go, hey, what do we think? And then why do we think that? I think belief is the greatest gift that we could ever give anyone. If anything, this is probably the thing I preach the most about or that I teach the most about because Jesus believed in so many people. Belief is the greatest gift that you could ever give anyone. And here's the deal. This father had the belief, right? Jesus went to his son and says, I got this. And it says in scripture, when the enemy, when the spirit of the enemy, when the spirit saw Jesus, what does the spirit of the enemy do when he sees you? What, is it, what does he do? What does he do? Because it says in here that he convulsed, he shrieked, he went away, he ran, he got scared, he got afraid. What does the spirit of the enemy do when he sees you? What does he do? What does he do? Does he cower or does he dab you up? Right? Does he shake and tremble? Does he think twice about messing you? messing with you because the, the realization is that some of you have got a secret handshake with the devil like you're on the same team playing with him right like like oh yeah what's up you know right early in the morning what's up enemy and, 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 and it's almost subconscious it's happening subconsciously that we start to begin to live our lives by 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 default and not by design so jesus starts asking if he wants his son healed so father do you want your son healed which i think is a crazy question because obviously yes i want my son to be healed that's why i did all these things beforehand in the scripture and the scripture says yes i do i do believe but help me overcome my now this is a great part of the scripture because i love when he says yes i do believe that you can heal my son. But can you also help me overcome my unbelief? This is a great sign of humility. This is huge. Humility is so, so huge because he goes, yes, I do believe, but I know that I'm human. I know that I'm not perfect. So even the little doubt or the worry or the anxiety, the unbelief that comes into my life, can you help me squash that? Can you help me overcome this unbelief? And the reality is that unbelief is the absence of faith. That's what unbelief is. And did you know that faith is about you? I love this statement because a lot of people think that faith is about Jesus. Not at all. Not at all whatsoever. Faith is about you. Look at your neighbor and says, that means you. That means you. Faith is about you. In fact, I is in the middle of the world of faith. Why? Because it's about you. It's about you. It's about no. me, it's about you, wow. right? Faith is about, okay, you don't believe me. You don't believe me, you're, all, you're looking at me like a crazy. Okay, can I prove it to you? Can I prove it to you? Okay, here we go, here we go. You ready for this? Um, uh, stand up. 
Stand up real quick. I'm going to prove to you what faith is all about. Stand up. Wherever you are, right now, whenever you're stand up. Stand up, stand up, stand up. There's no trick plays that way. There's no trick questions. Of that sort. We're all standing up. Is everyone standing up? Standing up? Okay. You ready? Here we go. Faith is about you. Got it? Sit down. Sit down. Watch your plays, watch your questions. Sit down. Sit down. Wasting our time. Did you see it? Did you see it? Did you experience that? Did you experience it? You got it? No. Faith is about you. Some of you have more faith in that chair than you do the creator of the Amazing chair, head. Amazing chair. When I told you to stand up, you stood up. When I told you to sit down, you sat down. Not one of you thought, is this chair going to hold me? Not one of you thought, oh, am I going to be able to, 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 to make it? Not one of you thought, is this going to be able to keep me right up and I'm not going to fall to the ground, right? Like, not one of you thought that th that chair was not going to hold you. That chair was created by man. Yet any time a situation happens in our life that doesn't go the way that we planned it, we begin to start doubting and wondering if God is real, whether or not God's going to help us, whether or not God's going to be with us. And we start questioning all of these things because we have more faith in man than we do God himself. Amen. Because faith deals with us. Not God. It's just what you put your faith into. And the mere oh, yeah. fact that to almost be so embarrassing, and, and, and it's for me too, to be so embarrassing that we will put more faith in the things that men create and the things that men have control over than the very creator of the world himself. And this is what God is trying to teach us here because... I'm going to listen over. He said, okay, you want your son healed. You're saying, help me overcome my unbelief. Jesus heals him. And this is what the scripture says right here. And I love this. This is my favorite part. It says, the boy looks so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. What does that mean? What does that mean? He looks so much like a corpse. He healed him, but he looks so much like a corpse that many said he was dead. So they saw him heal him, but they still thought he was dead. They even knew that he healed him, and they still thought he was dead. What does that mean? You know that whole phrase, I'll believe it when I see it? It's a myth. It's a cop-out, if I'm honest with you. It's an excuse. It's an excuse not to move forward in to something. It, it, I'll believe it when I see it. They saw it and still didn't believe it. How many things are you seeing happen in your life, one after another, and you still don't believe that God is working on your behalf? This is interesting because they're literally seeing a miracle and they still think that he's dead. The phrase isn't, I'll believe it when I see it. The phrase is, you have to believe it in order to see it. You have to believe it in order to see it. You have to believe that you're going
going to get married one day in order to see that marriage come into fruition. You have to believe that you have more to offer in order for you to see more to offer come into fruition. You have to believe that there's going to be a promotion. You have to believe that your grades will live up. You have to believe that you can change. You have to believe that God is on your side in order for that to come into fruition. You have to believe it in order to see it. And I love the last part of this scripture and what I really believe that what most people won't do, which is really the key, the, the major key to be uh, to, to, to faith and to Christianity is in the last parts where it says they went indoors to a private place. And the disciples asked, what did we do wrong? Why could we not drive it out? And Jesus said, this kind can come out only by prayer. I'll, I'll end with this. Prayer is a demonstration and expression of thanks to God. Did you know that the, the Bible was written in a Hebrew mindset, which means if you love me, you will obey my commands, right? This is, this is, where, this is where the whole Bible was kind of wrapped around. If you love me, you will obey my commands. What does that mean? You will demonstrate it. Right? You will express it. What does that mean? If you believe it, you will do it. If you believe it, then you will demonstrate it. But the reality is, is that if you keep saying you believe, but your actions do not reciprocate, then you actually don't believe. There has to be actions after your belief, or it's really just unbelief. What do you mean? Once you do it, then you believe it. This is the reality. Once you do it, then you believe it. Why? Because belief requires an action. And belief without action is unbelief. This is truth. Belief without action is unbelief. And I'll prove it to you right here. What if Jesus 2,000 years ago walked on Calvary with the cross, got up to the hill, all three crosses, he puts it in the holes right there. And he looked at the cross and he was like, you know what? I ain't gonna do it. I, I just ain't gonna do it. I, this is what I want you to write to do. I just want you to say, just believe that I would do it. Like how crazy would that be? Just believe that I would die for you. Like imagine if Jesus said, imagine reading through all the scriptures and it comes to the end and, and he said, just believe that I would do it. But he didn't actually do it. I don't know if this relationship, if this religion, if this entire Christianity movement would actually be in existence today. No. What did he actually have to do? He had to do it. He couldn't just say, just believe that I would die on the cross. He said, no, 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 I am going to die on the cross because my father has sent me to do this. This would be the bridge for man to be able to get to heaven. I have to do it in order for it to come in to fruition. Just like in verse 17, it says, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that is robbed him of speech. Today, what I want you to do is I want you to bring your blank to Jesus. Because some of you have been like, do I really believe in this thing? Do, do, 
Do I really think that this could change my life? Do I really want this to be my entire life? Do I want this to be my entire journey? Is this what I want to wrap my entire life with? Some of you need to, to, to bring um, uh, something to Jesus to heal. Some of you need to bring something to Jesus to reconcile with. Some of you need to bring something to Jesus to release. Some of you need to bring something to Jesus to start over with. Some of you need to bring something to Jesus to try again. I don't know what this situation might be, but I believe I'm talking to hundreds of students that are maybe wrestling with the tension of, you know what? I might be saying I believe it when I see it, but I'm realizing that I have to believe it in order to see it. What is my next step? I'll tell you right now, it's a step. It's gonna be a movement. It's gonna be something going forward. It's gonna take a little faith and putting the faith in the right position. And just like the man who brought Jesus' boy, the action itself was enough for Jesus to heal the boy. Because he says, yeah, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. But because of the action behind, even just the little belief, Jesus knew, ah, you got everything that you need in order to see the fullness that I could give you in your life. Romans 10, 9, one of my favorite verses in the world. It says, if you declare with your mouth, declare also means demonstrate. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Notice that it doesn't say if you just believe. I don't know what you've been taught in church, but I can tell you right now, Romans 10, 9, it says, if you believe and declare. If you believe and demonstrate. If you believe and do, then you will be saved. Then you can see your calling. Then your purpose will be revealed. Believe and do. I'm here to tell you, just do it. If you're wondering, if you're trying to manage attention, if you're trying to figure it out, let me tell you something. Everything that they're going to ask you to do this weekend, sign up for this, join that, get into a group, uh, be a part of the family, whatever it might be. It could be uh, look, just do it. What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose other than a, 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 a wasted life doing things um, midway? Right? We don't meet a generation that is just going half in. Right? You want to be an all-in generation. Amen. Right? Woo. And we want to be an all-in generation early all in the right positive ways. So just do it. Just do it. Why don't you bring God something for him to heal? Why not? You might have some belief and some unbelief, but if you do it, woo, you never know what God would be able to do with your life. Look at your name and say, just do it. 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 The Bible doesn't say, well done, well, yes. good and faithful pastor. 
doesn't say oh, well done good and faithful leader well done good and faithful blogger well done good and faithful podcaster well done good and faithful author well done good and faithful community well done good and faithful trustee well done good and faithful donor creative influencer celebrity it doesn't say that it says well done good and faithful servant everything we do must be approached with that mindset. You know what a servant does? He does. He does. That's not how you say it. But, but he does. They do. They, they, they do what is asked of them. What's God asking you? Right now, you're feeling a tug on your heart. You know what? I need to come down to the altar. I need, I need to open up. I need to pray. I need to, I need to get this healed. I need to get this right. I need to come into a right relationship. I don't know what it may be. I want to encourage you. Just do today. God, thank you for every person in this room, every teenager, every leader, every pastor, every mentor, every parent. God, I pray that you would continue to reveal the calling, the destiny, the purpose. Help them to understand that even in the midst of belief and unbelief, that if they could just have an action behind every bit of that, they would be able to see the fullness of your potential in their lives coming out. God, I pray that you would strengthen them, that you would give them confidence, and that we know that this is a hungry generation, an eager generation, a passionate generation, forward-thinking generation, a, a, a generation that loves you more than any generation that's gone before them. Help them to understand that you are right there. You are just behind their faith. And if they would just take one step forward, the, the amount of doors that would open up, the amount of chains that would break, the amount of obstacles that would shift and move. Give them fresh revelation of what you've called them to do. Pray that you would bless them, that you would know them, and that you continue to reveal your spirit to them. We're so grateful for you. And we love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. I love you. I'm grateful for you. We live with you. The best is here, and the best is yet to come. Y'all are amazing. Thank you so much.